We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you see with, uh, it, it seems like every other play now, especially with all the stops you guys are making, uh, OG is already on the other end of the floor when you guys get a chase down or you guys get a, a rebound and there's a there's a run out. Uh, is there something about the way that you guys are operating on defense aside from just well, it's, stops? It's, I play? think it's a big part of his uniqueness. You know, and uh, his versatility, his strength, because it's it's a rare combination of power, strength, speed, agility, anticipation, uh, and, and a, in a big-time motor. He can make, like, two and three efforts on a play, and he can keep going. And he never quits on a play. And I think th- those type of effort plays inspire the team. Like, then every, everyone, and Josh does the same thing as well. And then you got a couple guys like that and throw Quentin in there and, and then and really that's what got the game going the right way and and Deuce was part of that as well as was Precious yeah. Hajju with another one OG is a legit monster on defense it's kind of absurd uh, it's why they gave up Emmanuel quickly to get RJ Barrett to get him <laughs> yes if you think about it like just think about again think about what they gave up and what they're getting and what they're not getting to give up what they gave up to get a guy who really does not have... I mean, he had a couple of nice moves tonight. I will give him this. He had some really nice moves tonight. He had some really nice moves in the last game against Washington. He's showing a little bit more and more. But he's not an on-ball creator, right? He's not a he's not an engine. To give up what they gave up for a guy who's not an engine, like, that tells you all you need to know about how special he is and how much he impacts a defense, as, as does the fact that the Knicks, since they acquired him, are giving up uh, how many points per 100 possessions? 103.5? Holy fuck. They had the, this is a team that had the worst defense in the league for a month. The worst defense in the league for a month. And Mitchell Robinson was here for 10 days of that. And they got OG Ananobi, and they are running roughshod. Now, I know the slate hasn't been hasn't been awesome. It you know, they haven't played a lot of great offenses, but still, it's impressive. Uh thank you, Hush. Um Hush with another one. Also can Danny can Ainge drop the ego and trade with us fair? I listen man, you he's gonna get everything he can. And for anybody who said he negotiated 
with the Knicks unfairly, look at what the dude got from Cleveland. Give him credit. Give credit where credit's due. Chris Carter, what's going on, Chris? So much Ajita being a fan. You say that again. Um, but there is a there is this magical sweet spot as a where the team goes uh, from joke to competitive, and you can just enjoy the fun. RJ and IQ were a big part of that, and I will always love and cherish them. I think that's probably better said than anybody has said it tonight. Um, as many have said before, it's a business. I think Breen said it on the broadcast tonight, or Clyde said it on the broadcast tonight. It is business. It is at times an ugly business, but there's always a silver lining. And I think, again, for for me, I don't know. I think it has to do with just how I how I see the game and how I what I value. To me, like I I value when you're when you're talking about building a championship contender, which is all it's all I care about. It's always about who are your top two. Who's your, who's your number one? Who's your number two? And then there is a Pacific Ocean-sized chasm. And then there are any other concerns that I might have. And so, like, I think for me, I decided pretty early on that RJ was not going to be one of those top two. And for as much as quickly, really did a lot to try to prove me to try to like make me re- reconsider this position quickly never elevated for me to the position of like we we can't like trade this guy because we're trading a potential like pillar of a future championship team i never got to that point with him i i got to the point where i was like this guy could be an all-star and because of just how i uh like how I I don't know what are the word to use the what word to use how I process the game and how I process fandom because those guys never elevated to that that level for me it, they were always kind of more because there's just two columns there's just there's only two columns there's the players that are going to lead you to the promised land and then there are players who are going to help you in your eventual pursuit of a championship as assets potentially. And some guys fall in between, like Julius Randle. He skirts the line. Might he be a, a pillar of a championship team someday? Maybe. Might he be a stepping stone to get us somebody else? Maybe. Which is why, if they trade Julius Randle, like I'll, I'm going to appreciate the hell out of the guy. The guy's a top twenty Nick ever, maybe even higher than that. But like, I won't, I won't. I don't think I'll shed any tears over him either. Brunson's different. Like if Brunson's ever playing for another team you know, in the next whatever, while he's still in his prime. That I don't know how I'll be able to process. And I think that's for a lot of folks like what it is with quickly and RJ because they that's they don't they don't view fandom uh, as a balance sheet because that's not fucking normal to do that. I don't know why I do. Um, but for me, it was always like column A, column B. If you're in column B, it's like, all right, how are you going to help me get where I want to go? 
And which is why I think the best thing that anybody said tonight is all the comments about appreciating what they did for this franchise and honoring what they did for this franchise and, and remembering how important it is, how they help get, as you say, the franchise from point A to point B to point C. Because they don't get to this point, even, even before the NLB trade. They don't get to this point without those guys. So that's the key. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that, man. James Lee. What's going on, James? Did you see Bagley's recent tweet? It's hilarious. Speaking of, when is Katz coming back? For some reason, I can't wait for him to come back on the show. Well, Katz, Fred Katz is a fantastic uh, uh, beat reporter uh, covering the New York Knicks. Uh, we, we too, can't wait for him to come on the show. As for Ian's recent tweet, I'm furiously trying to look up what the hell the tweet is. Do you have it? No. Um, maybe I can lend you a hand. So here is his most recent tweet. In post-game interview with MSG's Rebecca Harlow, Julius Randle says, New York should be extremely proud of Emmanuel Cookie and RJ Barrett. They raised them. They were brought up here, and now they're going to take off, and they're going to flourish for many more years. Is that it? Maybe. Uh, am I missing something? Clarify, James Lee, clarify in the comments. So this way we can... Oh, was oh. it? Maybe it's this one. Hold on. Nick's now up 20 with five minutes to play. If nothing else, this is strong evidence for Toronto defense lawyers in the <laughs> Nick's civil suit. I hope that's... I think that's what he meant. That's See, there you cool. go. This ends up with a happy ending. Dom Cappuccini. Hi, Dom. OG is the best defensive wing on the Knicks since Sprewell. Uh, man. He. Uh, sp- uh, it's a different sport, man. I don't know how to compare defenders now to 25 years ago. Sprewell was a badass. He wasn't this. Like, I think it's really cool that <clears throat> I think, oh man, oh Andrew, I may need to call you up for this. Has there been a wing to make all defense for the Knicks? A true wing. Now, granted, for many years, like wing, wing used to just mean you played the three. Now it's mm-hmm. like you're the two, the three, or the four. Has there been a wing to make all defense for the Knicks since Dave DeBusher? I don't think so. I can't remember any. And if I if I'm forgetting someone obvious, that's a terrible job by me. But I think it's kind of cool and fitting and appropriate that OG Ananobi may make the first all defense team as a Nick wing since arguably the greatest defensive wing in the history of the sport or one of the top two or three. And if you think that I am being hyperbolic about Dave the Busher, I want you to go up, go look up um how many times he played once they introduced the concept of an all-defense team and did not make first-team all-defense? Give you one guess at the number. It ain't big. And also, how big a voting share he got when they voted for these things. Because even though Defensive Player of the Year was not around when Dave the Busher was around, if it was, he probably, based on all-defense voting, he probably would have got a couple of them. Um, anyway. 
Do you want the list of Knicks to make first team all defense? I could probably guess it. Sure. Go ahead. There is another wing. Uh, <clears throat> so Chandler's the last one. Tyson Chandler made it once. Ewing had to make first team at some point. Patrick Ewing never made it. Made second, second team then only? Second, second team three different times. Happens when you play in an era with Shaquille <coughs> O'Neal and yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon oh, was, and Dikembe Mutombo and, and David Robinson. David Rob, we'll I forget about him. Making my way through the list of centers. Uh, did Oakley ever? Oakley never made first team all defense. Did he make first team, team all defense? Charles Oakley made one Wait. second team and one first team. What year did he make first team? Was it ninety three, ninety four? I'll look it up, but this site only just says how many okay. people have made it, but not the actual year. Yeah, but see. I, that's what I. That's why I made the comment I did before. I don't consider Charles Oakley a wing. I don't either. I'm, that's not the wing I'm talking about. There's another wing. Yes. I mean, Michael Ray Richardson is Michael Ray Richardson he's made a, it. He's a guard. That doesn't count. He's six five. He's a big guard, but he's a guard. He led the league Fine. in assists. He's a point guard because they didn't have clean the glass back then. I'm calling him a wing. I remembered Michael Ray Richardson made all defense. Give me more credit than that. Okay, good job. He made it twice. He led the league in steals a few times. Yes. Yeah. He was, and then Walt Clyde Frazier made it seven times. Dave DeBusher made it six times. And Willis Reed made it once. Yeah, I mean, Wilton, Wilton, Wilton. To think the Knicks for like a solid six, seven years had maybe two of the ten greatest non-center defenders in the history of the sport on the same on the floor at the same time. That's kind of absurd. Yep. And John Starks made a second team once. Did he really? Yes. I forgot that. Let me look up the year, but John Starks made an all defense second team once. Man. That's wild. All I, defense voting shares. I forgot that. Yep. 92-93. So I hope OG makes it this year. I uh, am pretty confident he's a first team all NBA lock. For all defense lock. Yes. Um, what I say, all NBA, yes, all defense lock. Well, it's positionless though. Yes, and he went to the Knicks and they have the second best defense in the league. I know. He's also playing for the Knicks. He's playing for the Knicks. He's playing 40 minutes a game for the Knicks. Bingo. The only way he's not going to make it is if the minutes told leads to an injury, which I don't think it will. I mean, as of right now, he's he's a Good bet to yes. make it. Very much so. All right. Uh, thanks, uh, Dom, for sending us down that rabbit hole. Daron Visual Variant. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, not drop buckets, but oh, he may not drop buckets, but I love OG on this team. What do you think is fair value to pay him as a um, most valuable role player this offseason? Uh, I'll lean on Fred again for this one. I thought Fred nailed it uh, when uh, he was talking about it. And actually, I think it was Zach and Zach Lowe and Kevin Pelton, I think, talked about this. Uh, I forget who Zach had on the pod afterwards, but you look at the Jeremy Grant contract. And if you're um, OG's agent, which is, it happens to be Sam Leon Rose's son, uh, you say that guy got 32 a year for five years. I deserve 35 a year for five years. Now, I think the Knicks will get creative. I think the Knicks will build in a lot of incentives built around all defense and games played. Um, so 
But is that, are they going to be able to get away with like, you know, there's all like the, the nuance, right? Is it ascending or is it descending? Um, I don't think they're going to care about an option on the last year because he's so young. Um, you know, do the, do, is it a 30, is it 32 base with incentives or is it 34 base with incentives or 35 base with incentives? It's like, um, here's the thing, man. Like, unless, unless this, this is why what the Sixers do over the next three weeks is fascinating. Because if the Sixers go out and and I don't know who this player would be because I frankly don't see this player out there for them that they would do this for. But if the Sixers lock themselves into long-term salary to take away their cap space and they essentially do their free agency now, there, I mean, there are other quote-unquote bidders for OG and Obi, like the, obviously the Pistons have a ton of room and uh, a, a few more teams could get to max cap space. I think if you take Philly off the board, like it, it, and again, like the, the, the Knicks are not going to negotiate hard. It's again, who's the agent? What's the agency? You know, but you know, it, it could be meaningful for OJ and Obi to get a number that starts with a two, you know, as his contract five years, like, think about that, what it would mean for him to get something where it's like five years, $200 million with incentives. That may sound absurd because that's $40 million a year. Well, what if it's 30, you know, the most you could have in incentives, I think the most you could have in incentives or 15% of your contract could be incentives. So for argument's sake, let's say it's 34 base. Or even actually, you could do 32 base ascending with max incentives tied to all defense and games played. That might get you to 200, but it starts out at a 32 base next year. That's the Jeremy Grant number. But there's no universe where his base is not is going below 32 in year one. That's not happening. That's your starting point. 32 year one base. And then Incentives, ascending, descending, all that other shit. 50 year fully guaranteed, all that stuff. Dom Cappuccini, um, what are you doing? What is that? What? Why am I blanking? WDYT. Knicks go 4 0. What do you think? Well, what do you think? The Knicks go 4 0 on Tuesday versus Brooklyn while going with Precious and Jericho. Listen, I don't give a shit who I don't care if Julius Randall plays center. I don't care if they get Taj Gibson back on a 10 day contract. Go be Brooklyn. Um, and uh, that would be that would be very nice if they could win uh, four games in a row versus the New Jersey Nets. Thanks, Tom. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. 
With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Justin Richards. Hey, John. Hope you're doing well. Pretty emotional night, but do you think Brunson has a legit top five MVP case? I went through it before. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think games played will help him. Uh, I think uh, the the Knicks record will be important. I think they may need to be I don't know if they necessarily need to be top four. I'll say this. If they're top three, I don't know how you leave them out of the top the, the top five. That's that's the automatic. If you get top three seed or you're like fourth, but there's a gap between four and five, something like that, like win 50 games, maybe something like that. Like he's it's it's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. I, I, I think it'd be crazy to think that it's not possible. Um, I mean, his numbers right now, he's he's 12th in the league in scoring. Here are the guys averaging more points per game than Jalen Brunson. Here, you ready? Stephen Curry and Trey Young are, and Jason Tatum. Tatum, Young, Curry, and Brunson are all within 0.4 points of one another. Brunson is at 26.5. Curry's at 26.7. Ray and Jason Tatum are at 26.9 and then actually throw in Devin Booker too, 27.0. Brunson can pass those four guys in the next week and get up to eighth in the league in scoring. Now, above eighth, 
then it's some heavy hitters. You got Donovan, who, man, if we're first in here, we're going to make a, Jaylen, a case for Jalen Brunson top five MVP. You have to do it for Donovan Mitchell. What he's done without, um, without Garland and and uh, and Mobley, and then uh, Darren Fox. Both of those guys are kind of within shouting different distance. They're under twenty eight a game, and then you got Durant, SGA, Giannis, Luca, Embiid. So, yeah, that's special company. Special company. Dom Cappuccini with another one. Last thoughts. JB is a super duper star. I hope iHeart gets well soon. Glad uh, Hart is back. Okay, Precious. I see you. RJ, quick. Good luck. Make us proud. Good night. All good night, Dom. Thank you, as always, for your generous contributions throughout these postgame shows. Um, They never go um, unappreciated. Uh, I'll use this as an opportunity to shout out Josh Hart since you shouted out Josh Hart. They need him. Think about the difference between this game and the the game that he missed. The Wizards game. Night and day. Like, it's not a coincidence that they won this game by a billion points at the end of the day, whereas they barely beat the freaking Wizards. Josh Hart makes a big difference on this team, and it's that's part of why the discourse surrounding him for most of the season has kind of bothered me. I get it. It's not always going to be prizzy, pretty. I get it. Like their offensive possessions. There was one in this game where uh, someone hit him in the corner. It might have been Randall. And he was wide open and didn't shoot it and drove. And I don't think they got anything out of the possession. Like there's moments like that. They're going to drive you crazy. He does so much that helps his team. And they need him. They absolutely need him. Thank you, Dom. Alex, what's going on, Alex? John, what kind of player comp profile do you think OG could be if he could start figuring out how to finish at the rim? Is Jalen Brown too crazy? Uh, yes. <laughs> Jalen Brown, uh, to, to borrow a line from, uh, I think it was Simmons and, and Lowe had this on their recent pod they did together. He's a great bad shot taker. And like throughout NBA history, that's always been kind of the the definition of like a star. Can you can you make bad? Can you make tough shots? Can you make bad shots? OG is not that. I think OG. I mean, for what it's worth, I think he, it, it's not the finishing at the rim. It's the fact that, and again, shout out to our film guys, DJ and Benji, because they've been all over this since they got him. There's a rigidity to OG's movement out there when he has the ball. It, there's a lack of fluidity to like, you know, we, we talk about wiggle, right? That dude doesn't have wiggle. He makes up for it with power, but you got to get from point A to point B to use the power. Um, And he's not like, again, he's not a creator, although that, I love that mid-ranger he had tonight. That mid-ranger, right, that was a thing of beauty. I want to see more of that. I don't know what the comp is. He's such a unique player because he's such a special player defensively. I mean, just on offense, I, I there's not a whole lot of guys out there that are his size that are deadly three-point corner shooters that have that amount of power at the rim, but just getting from point A to point B. I I, I don't know. I, I'll think about it some more, Alex. I feel bad. I, I don't have a great answer for you right now. I don't know. 
I'll think about that one some more, though. Thank you uh, for the question. Sam Garcia's dad, what's going on? Jew had some greatest things to say about RJ and IQ. He said New York should be proud of them because you, New York, raised them. It was a really nice post-game spot from him. And I think he, as did a lot of guys on this team, I'm sure, genuinely felt love and appreciation and just friendship, kinship with both of those guys. You saw it when RJ like tackled him before the game. Thanks, Ray. Chris Burks, get DeJounte already. Eastern Conference Finals, here we come. Uh, I'm going to pass. Not the guy that I want. Uh, there's there's few things that I feel vehemently about in terms of the trade deadline. One of them is that unless they're going out and trading for uh, Devin Booker or someone of that ilk, do not mess with the starting lineup of this team. And you are not getting DeJounte Murray to come here and play off the bench. It is not happening. Uh, and apologies to DeJounte Murray. He, he's not Devin Booker. Jaime Claudio. Oh, you want to get up here, Andrew? Um, no relation. Oh, no? No, but thank Coinc- you, Jaime. Coincidence. Love you the know, name. I never appreciate I the contribution. Like cousin or something. No. No, I see him interact with me on Twitter all the time. Thank you, Jaime. Oh, well, no relation, Jaime. Jalen Brunson is special. I love my Knicks. KFS is the best. Thank you, no relation, Jaime Claudio. You guys should get together at some point. Listen, I, I'm on the house at this point, and, you know, I could introduce you to Hiram Claudio, my dad. Speaking of getting together, should we shout out the thing? That's tomorrow. That's the thing. Oh, it's tomorrow. Okay. There's like a rollout already scheduled oh, okay. and planned. Yeah. There's so a everybody, thing happening tomorrow. Everybody. everybody pay attention to our social media feed. Yes, it'll be on social. Then it'll be on the, the show John's doing with Jeremy tomorrow, which will then air on Monday. Oh, that's it'll be me. Our, yes. What time are we recording tomorrow? Oh, I know this. Okay. While he thinks of the thing that's on his calendar... I will let everybody know just to pay attention if you're not following social media. Some fun thing is going to happen very soon presented by Nick's Film School. One o'clock. Of you, one o'clock. You did it. I'm proud of you. Now, you won't, everybody won't hear this episode that John just announced is happening until Monday at midnight, but we're going to record it tomorrow at one o'clock. Yeah. I'll Thank you, there. Jaime. Thank you, Jaime. Appreciate that. It's incredibly generous, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Chris Burks with another one. Oh, we had that already. No, I'm not not any more sold on the Jota than I was a minute ago. Sam Garcia, what's going on? Being on the other end of an IQ skip was not fun. I thought it was a little forced. Can we can we call a spade a spade here? Can we just be can we be real? Can we be real? IQ skips, those are fourth quarter animals, or maybe third quarter. Or like a big time second quarter, like first into second quarter run where the team like goes out by a bunch of points. Like it has to come after a a sustained. It's like a tsunami. Like you can't like a tsunami has to build. The skip was like to do the skip right, like right away in the game. I was like, come on, that's a little that's a, that's a, a little that's the lady doth protest too much. Alex, what's going on, man? 
very active in the Substack tonight. John, I'm 24 minutes behind. This wasn't a new report on Mitch. I was showing examples of how the Mitch called Mitch's injury ankle inflammation initially. Oh, well, that's a bad job by me. That's a bad job by you and me. I'm blaming you. Sorry. Danny Gardner. What's going on, Danny? I may get annoyed with Randall's play, but he seems like a genuinely good dude. And his post-game comments were a perfect summation of this night. Let's fucking go next. The most unfortunate thing that has happened, and I'm not, I'm not obviously not blaming you or anybody in particular, because I'm, I'm part of the group that I'm about to talk about. The most unfortunate thing that has happened over the last like five years, four or five years with Randall is that because of how his poor stretches of basketball look and more importantly, feel watching as a fan, it, it conflates Julius Randle, the basketball player with Julius Randle, the person. And we have never once Unless I'm forgetting something, and I don't think I am. We have never got once gotten any indication that Julius Randle, the person and like the teammate, like locker room guy, is anything less than like everything you could possibly want. But because of again how his poor play looks and manifests itself on the court, with like we, we don't need to go through it. Like we know we know what it looks like. It it veers into this very uncomfortable place where it's like the frustration level boils over it and, and it and it becomes personal. It became personal for me, obviously, a couple of years ago. Um, but he seems like an awesome guy, and we should always remember that. And I appreciate you taking the time to point that out, Danny. Top of that, Danny. Let's hear from Julius Randall after That's the game. Good idea. Overall, can you tell? Can you sum up for us what those guys mean to you? Uh, they mean a lot to me. You know that relationship that I built with them the four years that they were here, uh, RJ five, four and a half years or whatever it was. Uh, is really special, you know, and that's something I'll take with me forever. Um, those guys mean a lot to me, and I want the best for them. Uh, New York should be extremely proud of them. They raised them. Um, seriously, seriously, they raised them. Um, you know, they were brought up here, and now they're going to take off, and they're going to flourish for many more years, so I'm proud of them. Thanks, Julius. Hmm. There, there's something so poetic about all of this for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the meaning that both of the guys had, I mean, it's been discussed a lot, but (laughs) the thing that keeps, I keep coming back to, and I, this is kind of what I was trying to get out with my silly balance sheet analogy before, this was always the gambit. The daily on Rose took over and it was very clear that he was not going to tank for a draft pick or draft picks. And he was going to hire Tom Thibodeau as head coach who has somewhat of a reputation of like, this is what we're going to do guys. Uh, this was always the gambit. The gambit was always we're, we're like the end game is a, like to 
make acquisitions, however we do it, and use our assets that we have and recoup our asset base and then use that asset base smartly. That's the key, smartly. And they've always done that to their credit. So like, this was always probably in the offing and the way Julius talked about them there, I don't know. It's almost like there was some recognition of that fact. I don't know if he thinks about this stuff that deeply, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to not focus on the bigger picture for me, at least when I think about them and this stuff. I took it more as like, they they played for the Knicks. They lived for New York or lived in New York. Like they lived here. They were part yeah. of this, the fabric of the city yeah. and the whole New York raised them while yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough to remember sometimes when we're talking about professional athletes that like RJ's 23 years old, you know, he was a teenager four years ago. And he's a fucking and, senior citizen here. It yeah. feels like he's a senior citizen here with the Knicks. And quickly is what the same age, 23, 24. And yeah, like these are kids that got sent to the biggest market in the world and helped establish a culture. And, you know, they grew up right in front of our eyes. And part of growing up is the business aspect of the league. And that's why I think quickly has been very, very outspoken about how he like understands completely. And one thing like Benji said this on this impromptu playback we did tonight, but like, the thing that Knicks deserve credit for is like at least the last two trades they've made, they've taken care of. Like they probably could have held on to Obi and sent him, or at least like or kept him and 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 or sent him to someplace else to get something better. And they sent yeah. him to the exact perfect place to uh, help him grow and flourish. And regardless of how many minutes he's now going to play behind Pascal Siakam. His value is higher headed into restricted free agency. Sure. Now quickly got sent to a team with no point guard that he can go get his extension. RJ literally went home, you know, where he's a national hero. Like there, there is a, a, a part of this that's like they, they helped raise these kids and they took care of them in their next destination. So, yeah, you know, it's been, um, To go from the haphazard, I mean, that's a generous word, haphazard team building of the 20. And that, and and by the way, I do. I, I'm, this is not a criticism of the mellow trade. That includes the mellow trade. But like flying by the seat of your parents, like not really having a, a, like conviction with anything that you're doing for 20 years to now to come to this point and... I I know you're talking about it more from the personal angle and I keep going back to like the team building part of it because it's just how I see this shit. Mm-hmm. It, but it's just it is it is staggering the difference from now to what the previous 20 years have been. So what I said to S. Barahini, where he was like, yeah. so what's it like to root for a rebuilding team? And it's like, I mean, <laughs> that was funny <laughs> when you trust the people in charge. It's, it's a little more comforting. You know, hopefully you don't have two decades of nothingness where the best case scenario, you trade for a superstar and have one fifty win season, you know. So Nelson Joseph, top five defense by year end. Let's go. You might get there at this rate. I mean, they're not how far behind are they? Um, the seventh. 
Yes, they're seventh, but they're in terms of points per hundred possessions. Man, they're seventh in defense. Well, they were nineteenth like two weeks ago. They're one twelve point five. Fifth is one eleven point five. That's Orlando. I mean, shit. At this rate, they could be. I mean, they could be a top three defense within a month. That's not crazy. Thanks, Nelson. Shooting regression. The the opponent shooting luck has been there. Uh, kudos to Benji for finding that. Nick Gay, why does Barnes look like a s- secondary to RJ? I don't think tonight was indicative of a typical Scotty Barnes game. I, I think he played poorly. I think, and I think the reason you're coming away with that is because they pushed the pace so much and RJ was the beneficiary of that. Um but like, I think to your point, Barnes is not in in a is not a typical shot creator. You know, like he tried that hook shot there at one point, like that. That didn't go well. Um, and there's definitely a question about like, okay, you know, to the point that was brought up before. All right, you're gonna be the league's best number two or one of the the be- league's best number twos. How are you creating offense? You know, I feel like the comp that's always been there is supercharged Draymond, like better offensive Draymond. But even that falls a little flat for me because Draymond is one of the forget best passers at his position. He's one of the best passers in the league. Um, And I don't I don't think Barnes is that. So it's like a different Draymond, but can can his particular mix of skills get to the point in terms of impact that Draymond has to say nothing of of potentially superseding it? And in that conversation, you have to recognize that Draymond was drafted into his like personal basketball nirvana. Like you could go through every player in NBA history and I'm not sure you would find a better pairing for Draymond than Stefan than Steph Curry. Like is Scotty Barnes going to get that lucky is like is 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 quickly going to be his curry or something like like I don't know if he's going to get that fortunate but I don't I think there's a real set of skills and abilities there that that could be really good. 